wish you all a very blessed Easter, not only Easter day, but Easter season. Easter season lasts all the way until Trinity Sunday. So we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, of course, with every Mass, especially on Sunday. Every Sunday is like a miniature Easter. But this period of time especially, we celebrate with great joy the resurrection of our Lord. And thank Him and thank Him for not only giving His life for us, but also showing, confirming by His resurrection our faith in Him. Now, you see in the bulletin on Tuesday, it says that you should call for Mass tomorrow, but the list of the serving schedule at the bottom says the Tuesday Mass is at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, I may not, well, may not be here myself for that, so it would be best to call, indeed, call to verify that time. And Wednesday, you see, we have a funeral Mass for Mrs. Dorothy Alvin. Mrs. Alvin passed away. God rest her soul. And I ask her to pray for her and to pray for her family. The funeral Mass on Tuesday at 10 o'clock will be preceded by the Rosary prayed for her. Now, I also ask your prayers for Laura Vitus and for Jonathan Sapp and for also Chica Perez. Please pray for Ms. Perez, who was severely injured. And we pray is now recovering. And also for Daniel Vitus as well. There's so many others. We pray for them all. Those whose names are on the Immaculate Heart of Mary prayer list, we do continue to pray for them. Now, I do bring to your attention also that we have the ladies' retreat coming up on June 17th and the men's retreat one week later, June 24th. There are also retreats being given in May in Roundtown, New York. I pray that those will still be able to be given. And also we have the camps, the boys' camp and the girls' camp coming up in July, so please be aware of those. Now, the 24-hour Rosary Crusade begins at midnight tonight, so... Uh, actually, tomorrow, the 13th of the month, is the day, each month, when we commemorate Our Lady's appearances at Fatima by a 24-hour rosary crusade, going from midnight to midnight. So, if ever there was a time when we needed those prayers, it certainly is now. So, please be here. There are also indulgences granted to those who pray the Blessed Son, pray the rosary for the Blessed Sacrament. So, please... Uh, be willing to sign up, claim an hour for yourself to be here before the Blessed Sacrament. And consult your bulletin, please, for the rest of the announcements. There are a couple of things that I want to bring to your attention. One is an article that I copied. I only made 200 copies, though, and I don't know how many are left, but I asked that only one copy go for families. So it's a very interesting article that explains what has happened in Italy Italy has been in the news a lot lately. In fact, it is because of what's happened in Wuhan, China, and then in Italy, that we have certain models that we say we're following here for the, uh, the COVID-19 disease, the uh, microbe, the pathogen, SARS-CoV-2. We have come up with certain medical models of the following, and that has dictated, as it were, or at least um, encouraged 
uh, various public officials to come up with certain plans on how to, how to deal with it. So uh, it is instructive for us to see what happened in Italy and what is happening even now as we speak. Well, this article I think is very revealing and explains a lot. For those of us who were going to go to Rome, actually we were supposed to have left on the 14th of April, <clears throat> and yet, of course, we can't go. Uh, but those of us who have gone in the past have a certain love for the land and for the people there. And um, many of our own parishioners have Italian blood in too, so we have a certain affinity with Italians and Italy, and so for all the more reason why this article might be of interest, I recommend that you take a copy and read it. I think you'll find it not only to be revealing about what's happening in Italy, but instructive as to what could happen here in the United States of America. Now also I have a prayer for you there. I have a prayer in your bulletins. Uh, there should be some in the pews. This is the prayer of Leo XIII. He wrote this prayer after having had a locution of a uh, challenge of Satan to our Lord to destroy his church. This is back in the 1880s. Pope Leo XIII then composed this prayer. It's a prayer of exorcism. And I want to kneel down in this Mass as I have in the previous three Masses and pray that prayer with you, a prayer of exorcism, asking for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel, asking him to apply his angelic powers to freeing ourselves, our families, our country, indeed the whole world, from an immediate danger that threatens us all. And it actually has its origins in hell. So please pray that prayer of exorcism with me after Mass today. Now, the epistle for the Mass today is taken from the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. Brethren, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new paste, as you are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, is sacrifice. Therefore, let us feast not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Please stand for the Holy Gospel. The Gospel is taken from that according to St. Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At that time, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought sweet spices that coming they might anoint Jesus. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they come to the sepulcher, the sun being now risen, and they said one to another, Who shall roll us back the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And looking, they saw the stone rolled back, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed with a white robe, and they were affrighted. Who saith to them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee, there you shall see him as he told you. Thus for the words of today's Holy Gospel. Please be seated. Who shall roll us back the stone from the door of the sepulchre? 
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, I gave the sermon with some variations, the first, second, and third masses today. I do, after catching an airplane, actually, I'm going to offer a mass in the chapel far away, so I'll be rather relatively brief today in just saying that we have some strange things going on in our country right now, as you know. It's not only afflicting our own country, but afflicting the whole world. And uh, it is started really under the auspices of the Communist Party of China in Wuhan, and spread from there. Some say this virus was even manufactured, as it were, in a sense designed. I don't have the expertise to know, but of course, quite possible. We are dealing with communists, and uh, communists have their own way of doing things, unfortunately. But we see kind of echoes in the, this mentality in our own country, and this is what concerns us. You see, what we know as communism in the world today actually uh, looks back to a kind of uh, a father of Marxist thought, his name is Karl Marx, they all, they all seem to, the communists in the world today, they all seem to draw back to him as sort of a patriarch of communism. And he brought the basic ideas of the communist system into being. At the fundamental root, at the root of all his understanding is who human beings are. And Karl Marx said that human beings are nothing but economic animals, that everything they do is all about the economy, all they care about is the economy, meaning their standard of living. The things of this world, that's what he says defines who we are. So that's why we see Marxism and the communism that comes from it as being simply atheistic socialism. It's atheistic because it doesn't believe there's a God or that we have souls, or anything spiritual at all. That we human beings are nothing but chemicals, as simply that nothing more is the ground under our feet, the food we shove into our mouths, and the corruption that flows from our bodies in the grave. These are just chemicals. It's all there is to us. There's nothing more. And so the idea of Marx was that the value of the individual human life was determined by the by the party, that is to say, the communist system that came from his thought, so that the communist party is actually the, the determining factor. It determines the value of all of the lives, all of the people, I should say, the lives of all of the people who are in its control. And of course, the value of the individual life can, depends upon what value that person has to the party the Communist Party. We have a similar idea when it comes to abortion here in America. We don't have the Communist Party necessarily dictating, but we say that the mother has her own life and she determines what value the life of the child is. If the child's life is valuable to her, then it has value. But if the child is an obstacle to her life, if she has other values in her life, that she wants to get ahead in the world, she's pursuing a career or whatever else, or wants to live her life a certain way, and the child's in the way, 
of that, then the child's life has no value and the child should be destroyed. <clears throat> we, this idea of the value of the human life being assigned by a communist party or even by the will of the mother, whether the child, mother wants the child or not, that determines the value of the child, that life. That is totally contrary to what you and I believe. But we see it going on here in our country right now. We see it going on even day by day as many of the governors of the states in our country are deciding that we should close the churches, but we have to keep open the abortion clinics so they can continue aborting babies. It is completely the inverse or the perverse of what it should be. But this is the mentality we're dealing with here. And uh, fortunately, here in the state of Ohio, we have a governor who uh, did say that the churches were essential services and that the abortion clinic should close. But it was a federal judge who overruled him and gave a restraining order to the abortion clinics here in Cincinnati in particular, but then throughout the state as well, that they should again be considered essential services. So they should stay open. But the pressure is still on our churches to close. Again, this is all very much in keeping with the mentality of the communist China. We've actually, in a sense, adopted the communist Chinese model on how to approach, how to handle this virus here in the United States of America. We've adopted the communist Chinese model because we are told that they managed to contain the virus and overcome it, and now they're safe. So the rather, shall we say, uh, gullible people in our country are saying, oh, we need to follow that model and we will be safe also. But we see that's not the case at all. We see we've been deceived again. Well, at what point does the deception occur? Is it our fault to be deceived if we're willing to be deceived by communists? We need to be very much aware of what's happening in our country with the, this virus and in the name of this virus. Because our country is in danger right now. The whole idea the, in modern times though, whether you're communists or abortionists or whatever, it all comes down to the, the group of people in the world today who have dedicated their lives, their mission, their thought, their wealth, because they're very, very wealthy. They've dedicated that to main, basically engineering the world population. And whether it's through communism and the murderous record of communism, whether it's through abortion, they use these things. They use these things to accomplish their purposes, to somehow cut down the world population. They will use wars. They will use pandemics. They will use birth control. They will use immoral practices of impurity, perversions, anything that does not give life or anything that takes life. Their objective is to reduce the world's population so that it is, it is manageable. And when I say manageable, I mean so that it can be managed by them. So when you have the zero population growth or the negative population growth of people, 
realize we're dealing with the minds behind all of these things. Whether they're the murderous regimes, or the abortions, or whichever, or even the, the gross immorality and perversions practiced today. As long as they do not give life and tend to take away the lives actually given. As for euthanasia, for example, the supporters of the whole euthanasia movement. You know, the same idea. They regard man as an economic animal, nothing more. In other words, he is like a cow, like a member of a herd. And they regard the human race as the masses of humanity. And that's why they regard the human race itself as like a, a, a gigantic herd of human beings. They're just a herd. And you have to cull the herd, you have to manage the herd. You have to keep the numbers down to a certain level. You have to keep the quality of this livestock up to a certain level. That's how they regard the human race. This is how Satan regards the human race. It's exactly how Lucifer regards the human race, which is why we call upon St. Michael at the end of Mass today to help us confront this. What does this have to do with the resurrection of our Lord? The answer is every, everything, everything. Because this is the big lie. This is the big lie. This is Satan's big lie. He doesn't want human beings to regard themselves as creatures of God, and each one being created in the image and likeness of God. He wants to separate us from God. He wants to, as it were, socially distance us from God. He wants to distance human society from God. And if ever that applied, it certainly applies now, that our society is socially distanced from God. This is why we are experiencing all of these things. This is what happens. When we try to play God, we invite Satan himself to exert his influence and take control. Therefore, the resurrection of our Lord is really the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth that stands against all of this. The resurrection of our Lord is the single truth that stands against all of that. Why? Because the resurrection of our Lord confirms everything, everything he taught us, everything he said. There were those who thought that our Lord's words, our Lord's promises, all died with him on the cross. They thought that all that our Lord had taught, all the hope he had given, had been buried with him in that grave. But when our Lord rose from the dead, how differently things looked, how that changed everything. Because that was confirmation of everything he said. It was confirmation of all of his promises with regard to everlasting life. It was all true. When our Lord says, 
not by bread alone doth man live, but by every word that cometh forth from the mouth of God. Now we know that is all true. These are the words that our Lord addressed to Satan, to Lucifer in the, in the desert. We read them at the beginning of Lent. Not by bread alone doth man live. What a perfect answer to those who would say that man is nothing but an economic animal. When our Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all other things will be provided for you. How our Lord tells us that seek the things of God first. You're created in his image and likeness. So you can think the thoughts of God. You can love what God loves. You can act as God would have you act. And our Lord was there to show them very practically what that meant. It's all true. And when our Lord says, Amen, Amen, I say to thee, The one who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood abides in me, and I am him. And he shall have everlasting life. One who eats of this, as our Lord said, the living bread that has come down from heaven, that if anyone eats of this bread, he will not die forever. will have everlasting life. It's all true. It's all true. Our Lord's resurrection shows it is true. It is true. He not only can promise, he can give these things. He can make these things happen. Our Lord's resurrection is the single truth that confirms everything he said and shows the lie for what it is, the big lie. It's a lie that finds its origin in hell and it has spread like a contagion here on the earth, like a pathogen corrupting not the body as much as the soul. And having the effect of turning a human being into a mere economic animal in his own eyes, so that that's how he lives, that's how he acts, that's how he regards himself, nothing more than that. A tragedy. This is the real danger here. This is the coronavirus that crowns us and spreads its venom with every thorn. It spreads its venom into the minds of men. My dear faithful, our proclaiming of the resurrection of our Lord is the key. We are here to proclaim his resurrection. It is the truth that has brought us here today. Precisely that. We haven't been sidetracked by other petty things. We haven't let other things distract us from that truth. This is the one thing that does matter. So I ask you, at the end of Mass, to call upon our Blessed Mother, who under the title of Her Immaculate Conception is the patroness of our country. And I ask you to call with me St. Michael the Archangel and ask him to come to our aid also. We say in the prayer that this dragon, the symbol of China, right? And I'm afraid communist China now, this serpent with its venom. That's what virus means, actually, venom. The serpent with its venom that is actually crafted in hell. 
that that serpent be turned back, that its venom be neutralized by the only antivenom, the only antidote there is. That is the grace of God. We ask our Lord to give us a strong faith in his resurrection and never ever to fall into that illusion or delusion that we are nothing but economic animals. God forbid we should ever regard ourselves that way or live that way. We ask him to enable us to profess our faith in the resurrection of our Lord with great boldness and great conviction. We ask him to help us always realize what it means to say that Christ indeed is risen, that Jesus Christ lives, that he lives in reality in heaven, and he will come to judge all of mankind, that he is our Lord and Savior, very much alive, and that he has the power of granting everlasting life. We pray that someday he may say to us those wonderful words, Come ye, blessed of thy Father, and take possession of the kingdom which has been prepared for you and for those who love Our Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we must live by him also. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.